welcome back to my podcast. So today I am going to tell you about book two in the Harry Potter series, which is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. In one of my previous podcasts, I told you about book one, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So now here I am ready to tell you about Harry Potter book two. Let's start. So one day, Harry was lying on his bed trying to sleep, but he couldn't because Hedwig was hooting so loudly, so loudly that even if his door was locked, his cup cupboard door was locked, even Uncle Vernon could hear it. And he came thumping up about saying, boy, you've got to keep that owl under control. It's waking my Diddykins. Diddykins is what Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petuna called Dudley. So then Harry was like, but she's bored. She can't even go out and she can't get any food to eat. Because Hedwig usually hunts her food. Then Uncle Vernon said, I can't have a bird in our house going out and about. So then Harry had to listen to Uncle Vernon. Uncle Vernon asked Harry to come outside for a minute. And so he did. So Harry went down and Uncle Vernon said, make some breakfast. And so Harry made some breakfast and Dudley said, Mom, can I have, sorry, Harry, can I have some more? And then Harry, like, said, what's the magic word? And then Uncle, and then, like, Dudley fell off his chair and the chair, like, broke. Not because Dudley was too heavy, which he actually is, but because Dudley was so frightened. And then Uncle Vernon said so loudly, like, what have I told you? And then Harry said, no, Uncle Vernon kept saying about saying the M word in our house. Then Harry was like, but I, but then Uncle Vernon continued shouting so loud. How dare you threaten Dudley, he said. And then Harry said, but I meant please, not like, you know, magic word. They actually say M word. They can't even say magic in that house. And then he said, Uncle Vernon said, I warned you, I will not torment mention of our just forget it. So then, Harry was like, sent to his room. But before that, he was also told by the Dursleys that the Masons are coming to visit. So, the Masons are just some neighbors that the Dursleys and Harry have. And so, the Masons never knew that Harry actually lived with the Dursleys. Because, well, they just didn't know that. And then, Harry had to stay locked in his room for the whole visit. But that's not really exactly what happened. Let me go through it so you'll understand it better. So while Harry was stuck in his room, um, the Masons came and he heard Dudley greet them. And then they went to the living room and he heard Dudley say that, Mr. Mason, in our class, I'm the top student, just like you were in the old days in your class. And 
My teacher told us to write an essay about our favorite hero, and I wrote about you, Mr. Mason. It was actually not as loud as I thought it would be. Dudley's always thundering about how good he is in class. And then Harry didn't hear what happened next because so Harry, of course, still had a cupboard in his cup cupboard, and then that made like a really loud noise. But the Dursleys and the Masons couldn't hear it. Harry looked inside, and there was a house elf. I no, Harry did not learn about house elves yet in Hogwarts, so he didn't know what a house elf was. Well, a house elf is something that wizards order to serve them for the rest of their life. They really like that wizard. Mostly, that happens. They really, really like that wizard, and they never want to leave. They never want clothes because that's what sets them free. Even a single sock that can set them free. But Dobby actually wanted to leave. It's his wizard and witch, or witch. Because, guess who is his wizard, witch, and young wizard? The the Malfoys. Yep, I just said it. The Malfoys—they're the worst. Remember Draco Malfoy? He was in Harry's year last year, and even his parents are evil. I'll explain that to you later onwards, which is when Harry understands it. And so, Harry like was like, "What are you?" Because he didn't know what a house elf was. And then Dobby was like, "I am Dobby, the、uh, the house elf." But Harry still didn't understand what what a house elf was. He just understood that Dobby was a house elf. And then Dobby continued, um, uh, me, uh, me, uh, Mr. P- Mr. Potter said, "I I am here to warn you that that you should not go to to Hogwarts School of、uh, Witchcraft and Wizardry." And then Harry like opened his mouth. He was so surprised. How could a tiny elf, house elf, ban him from going to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry? Actually, Dobby, the house elf, he never called Harry like well Harry like Ron and Hermione and everyone else do. He always called him Master or Mister Potter or Sir, like I said just now in his sentence. But he was acting like Dobby was acting like Harry was his wizard and not the Malfoys. But of course, that wasn't true. I mean, how would the Dursleys? Ever allow Harry to bring Dobby into the house, which is why Dobby had to sneak in. Anyway, I'm off topic. Let's get back there. So Harry asks, "Why can't I go to Hogwarts?" Then a memory just came back to him. Something that happened this summer. His friends hadn't been sending him any messages. Then he said, "And my friends haven't even been sending me messages. How can I skip a whole year without them?" Then Dobby was like, "Actually, what you said?" And then he like took a giant pause, so giant it was all quiet. He didn't hear Dudley and Petunia, the Dursleys and the Masons speaking. All he could hear was tea splashing, so he understood that Aunt Petunia was giving the Masons tea. So then, 
Dobby continued that I could be taking letters from, from you. It was so squeaky. And then Harry was furious. He was like, and then Dobby showed the letters and he was so furious. Harry was so furious that he said, give me those letters. Then Dobby was like, oh, Dobby, why did you tell that? And he kept hitting his head on the cupboard that Harry found him in. Well, that was actually the only cupboard in his cup cupboard. And then he kept banging on it saying that he was punishing himself. And then Harry knew that the Dursleys and the Masons could hear that. He understood that because Uncle Vernon said a big giant loud. What a jolly good time we're having here. And then actually, it was like actually like this. What a jolly good time we're having here. He got quiet later because after he said, what a jolly good time. And then he said time quietly because when he said time loudly, then Harry pulled Dobby from the cupboard and put him into his hand so that he couldn't hit his head on anything and punish him. At least that's done now. And then Dobby got free of Harry's struggle. Harry was scared that he was going to bang his head on something again. But while he was banging his head on the cupboard, since the cupboard was like really close to the lock which had locked the door, the cupboard was shaking and it kept hitting that lock and it broke and fell down and Dobby pulled the door open and ran out. He had of course, he didn't have to crawl so the masons and Dursleys couldn't see him. He was way too small, so he could run on his feet, which is much easier than crawling. Because that's what Harry had to do. I mean, he's 12 years old. He's definitely too big. And so, he followed Dobby all around the living room, which is where the masons and the Dursleys were. But luckily, they didn't see him because, well, they were too low. And then, finally, something interesting happened. And something really bad, too, kind of, for Harry. But really good for Dobby. Anyway, so Dobby thought that this would distract Harry. So, Aunt Petuna made a cake for the Masons. And a lot for Dudley, of course. He's got a really strong stomach. And so then, Dobby cursed the cake. House elves are not allowed to do magic in front of the owner. That is forbidden. But Dobby didn't really break the rules because while his owner wasn't there, the Malfoys were somewhere really far away probably. Harry didn't know where they lived, okay? So then the cake became a monster and starting and it started spitting icing at everyone. The Masons, the Dursleys, but not Harry and Dobby. They were too low to, well, be spit at. And then Dobby ran to the kitchen while he could, but the cake actually made Harry laugh. You should have seen Dudley's face when he got spit at. But then he didn't get distracted. He kept following Dobby, and then they reached the kitchen. Which is finally when Harry could stand up because the Masons and the Dursleys couldn't see them. And then he could run around and catch Dobby. Because, well, he has longer legs than him. 
and he caught Dobby. So, since Dobby didn't have any clothes, he had a pillow tied around him with a rope. Harry tied off that rope while still holding onto Dobby's leg, holding him upside down. The pillow fell. He was scared that Dobby would slip over it. So, he picked up the pillow, threw it at the window, it made a loud crash. Luckily, the Masons and the Dursleys didn't hear that. Well, then, it wasn't really a loud catch. Crash. <laughs> and then, he took the rope, tied one to the leg he was holding, and then quickly let go of Dobby, but still holding the other side of the rope tightly in his hand. And he tied that to his leg and started crawling back to his room. Dobby couldn't even stand up and run because Harry had not only tied one of his legs, he he tied both of Dobby's legs together. So while Harry was crawling, Dobby fell down and he got dragged to the cup cupboard slash Harry's room. Until then, they reached his room and Harry was like, give me my letters back. But Dobby refused to give them. But it was too late. The Masons had left. And because of all that racket that Uncle Vernon heard, his loud footsteps, something like that, Dobby heard them coming. And so he ran and jumped out the window, which is probably how he got that pillow back. Because, well, when they reached the room, Harry untied the rope so Dobby could run again. So he grabbed the rope and ran out. But in the hands which he grabbed the rope, he was holding Harry's letters. And then he dropped them to grab it. And so he quickly jumped out. Dobby didn't notice that he dropped the notes. Letters. <laughs> Sorry. Then, but Harry didn't have time to read them. Uncle Vernon came bustling through the cup cupboard door. And then he was like, what a rocket you made today, boy. The Masons decided to leave early. They thought we were some monster keepers. Because, well, Harry, correction, Dobby was too loud. And so then, Uncle Vernon said the worst thing he ever said to Harry. And he said a lot of really bad things to Harry. But this was the worst Harry had ever heard. You are forbidden to go to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And also the surprisingest thing. Because Harry was surprised that Uncle Vernon even knew the name of that school. And so was I. So then, because of that, what Dobby did... Harry was forbidding to go to school. Are you happy now, Dobby? Actually, I think that's what he called out. He made a lot of noise so that the Dursleys could forbid Harry from going to the school. That's pretty smart for someone who's really tiny, isn't it? I never thought of that, really. Anyway, the next day, Harry was locked in his room. Really sad that he couldn't go to Hogwarts. All because of a tiny elf. A tiny elf. And so, Harry was sitting in his room, sulking at the wall. Hedwig, of course, tooting madly. He didn't know at all what to do. But then, finally, something else interesting happened. Because I already told about the cake. 
And then, well, you know the window that Dottie jumped out of? Uncle Vernon thought that Harry would jump out of that. So he climbed up a ladder and put bars on those. So Harry was sulking at those bars. It was like he was a prisoner in Azkaban. I'll tell you that in the next book. It comes in the next book. And so then, finally something interesting happened. Harry heard noise come from the bars because, well, he had looked away to try to calm down Hedwig. He looked back to the bars and then nothing was there. He looked back, tried, went to Hedwig, tried to calm her down. Another sound, similar to the one which happened before. Looked back, nothing there. He looked back to Hedwig. Then he thought, thought that the sound would come again. So he quickly looked back and yes, <coughs> sorry, the sound did come again. It was Fred, George, and Ron. Ron was in the back seat. Fred and George were driving. You're probably thinking they were in a car. That's actually correct. They were in the car. Uh, the car they stole from their father, Arthur Weasley, who's in the Ministry of Magic. And so then, Harry like was like, "What is happening?" Because. The car was a flying car, which is how it could fly up and save Harry. Harry was so surprised this was happening. His friend Ron and his parents probably like, I don't know, sensed that Harry was in trouble. Who knows? Probably not his parents because Fred George stole the car from them. Actually, their father. And so then, what happened was that they saved Harry. They broke the bars, and then Harry went through. But some of his legs were still in it. Fred and George snapped his trunk and his owl Hedwig, his cage into the back seat with Ron. It hit his head, then fell down beside him. Not Harry's head, of course. It hit Ron's. It hit Ron's head. So then. Um, Ron was trying to bawl Harry out, but then Uncle Vernon was like, "What are you chattering about, boy?" And then he came in and was like, "Oi, get that boy back into this room!" And then Harry, of course, didn't go back into his cup cupboard room. What he did was that. Well, he tried to push and push. Ron tried to pull and pull, but they couldn't get Harry's legs through the window because because Uncle Vernon was pulling them through the window. And then came in Dudley. You probably think this is a bad thing because he's going to help his father get Harry back through the window. And with a really strong stomach, I'm pretty sure he can do it. But luckily, that's not what happened. Of course, he was going to help his father, but while he went, he accidentally stepped on his father's leg, and then he went tumbling down onto Dudley. Uncle Vernon went tumbling down. Not Harry. He finally went through the window into the car. Well, I wouldn't say into the car. Some of his legs were still out. Friends of Ron's. Told to friend George, wait, wait, Harry's still not in, and the door's still open. That was the perfect time for Uncle 
Vernon to come, go down, jump up, and try to get Harry. Harry climbed in just when Uncle Vernon jumped up, but he couldn't get him. And even if Harry didn't climb in, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. They were so high. I mean, Harry's cup cupboard is on the second floor. Until then, you will never guess what happened. Well, probably. Well, not this. They went to the burrow, and then Harry saw this. He went in, and he saw this clock. Molly Weasley greeted him. That's Ron, Fred, George, Percy, Bill, Charlie, and Ginny's mother. She has a lot of kids. And so then, um, they went to the dining table to eat dinner. Everyone had come down. Of course, Fred, George, and Ron—they were with Harry. But then Percy didn't come down, and neither did Ginny. Remember Ginny? She was a little bit younger than Ron, one year younger. Um, this year she could finally go to Hogwarts, so she was ready to go to Hogwarts. Yay! And she was really excited, so she had come down right away. Well, I wouldn't really say right away. She came down a little bit after everyone had eaten. Let's say maybe a quarter of their food. She was so happy. Then she met Harry, opened her mouth, turned back, looked really surprised, not much of happy, and ran back upstairs. Probably because she was new to Harry. Well, actually, not that new. I mean, she had of course seen pictures of him, and she had seen him. Last year, remember, he was at King Cross Station, and then what happened next? Right, Ron said that since last year, Ginny's been having a huge crush on you. She couldn't stop talking about you after we came back home. Then Harry looked really surprised. I mean, he had met many girls for the first time, but they didn't turn out to have a huge crush on him, like Hermione. She was just surprised to finally see the amazing and extraordinary Harry Potter. So then,、uh, what happened next? Oh, right, they went to sleep, and the next day they were ready to go to Diagon Alley, where they got you know their books, Ginny's Cauldron, and everything. So then, when they went to Diagon Alley, something interesting. Really interesting. More interesting than the things I said, which were interesting before. Am I saying interesting too much? Anyway, since I'm off topic, let's continue. So they went to Diagon Alley. <coughs> Sorry, I've told a lot so far. I don't think I can even make it till they go into Hogwarts Express. Anyways, so they. Sorry, did I say they went to Diagon Alley? They didn't. Yeah, Mrs. Weasley, Molly Weasley. I'm gonna call her Molly Weasley now. Hope you understand me, okay? So Molly said that、um, everybody, we're going to use flu powder this year. Ginny is, of course, she knows it, but still, I'm not letting her dem. Oh, <laughs> oh whatever. Yeah, she actually said that because she didn't know if Harry knew what flu powder was or not. Then she said, "Harry dear, do you want to go first?" Then Harry was like, "Excuse me, what do we do?" And then Molly was like, "Huh?" 
How did you go to Diagon Alley with Hagrid last time? In your first year. And then Ron said we went with the un- sorry, Harry said that we went with the underground train to King Cross Station. Oh, said No, they went to you can uh oh forget it. Oh, said Molly, and then she like oh we use flu powder. It's much, much quicker. It can transport you there in a snap. Ron, do you want to demonstrate? And then Ron took some flu powder, put it in. He stepped inside the fire. Of course he didn't get burnt, because now the fire was green, not the flamey red kind. And then Molly did this. She snapped. I think he heard the snap, right? So when she snapped, Ron shouted, Diagon Alley! at the top of his voice. And he disappeared. Then Molly was like, Harry, do you understand? Then Harry was like, um, I think so. Molly was like, just to be sure, um, uh, Fred, could you do something? Could you demonstrate again? I don't think Ginny will be ready. So Molly, so Molly like said that, okay, Fred, why don't you demonstrate for Harry once again? I think I might have already told you that. Anyway... Fred and George had actually had something planned. Since she knew, since they knew that, of course, Molly would ask Ron first. Because, well, you know, he's Harry's best friend. And Ginny was too young. Because she's only 11 years old to demonstrate. So she knew that after that, if Harry didn't understand, she'd ask Fred or George. And they had planned something. So Fred went. And do you know what he did? He took the whole... Was this a ball or a bowl? I mean, it had a cap, so... Oh, forget it. So they took the jar. That's jar. They took the jar and... Fred, sorry. Fred took the jar and he poured every single pinch of flu powder into the fire. And it became so green, the darkest green. Fred ran away, pulled Harry in front of it, and he went and stood where George was standing, really far away. And then Harry like got blasted at, at like fire. That was not a good way to greet the boy who lived. So then his hair was like really spiky. I'm not saying that it's not always spiky, but spikier than usual. Then, they, then Harry was like, I think I've understood now. And then, Miss Weasley got another jar of flu powder. Remember, dear, only take a little pinch, or else, well, you saw what happens. She looked furiously at Fred and George. That's why she didn't ask George next. She knew that, of course, George would do the same thing because they've been probably planning this for a long time. By long time, I mean when they found out that Harry was in danger with the Dursleys. So then, Harry took a pinch of fruit powder, threw it in the fire. It became a nice shade of green like Ron's became. So he knew he put the right amount in. Then he stepped in. And then he coughed. Something like that. And then he couldn't see Diagon Alley neatly because he was coughing too much. It went something like this. <coughs> and then 
Harry didn't go to Diagon Alley. He went to a completely different place. When it was labelled Nocturne Alley for crooks and eaters. By that, they meant Death Eaters. That's the nickname for most Death Eaters. Eaters. <laughs> Funny, right? It's like they eat a lot of things. Well, they do. They eat dead bodies. Anyway, back to the, you know, story. So then, Harry heard the Malfoys coming. Of course, Harry wasn't scared of the Malfoys. He just didn't want to be seen. Or else the Malfoys will start mocking him. Of course, he's still not scared of that, but she just... Oh, you understand me, right? So, Harry hid in a little fridge. I know, weird, right? How can a 12-year-old fit in a fridge? Well, a shelf on a fridge. Magical fridges are not like the fridges we have at our houses. Like the ones with shelves. This one didn't have any shelf or any, like... What do you call that again? Right, any, like, freezer. So it was as big as the fridge you have at home, but it was called a mini fridge. Because, well... How do you put this? Wizarding fridges are much more giant than our home fridges. So then, Harry was hidden in there and he heard a lot of things. Boggin bowed Boggin. And the owner had Boggin and Blocks. That's where the Malfoys went. Not all the Malfoys. Just Draco and his father Lucius. So then they went and... Lots of things happened, blah, blah, blah. And Harry came out because he knew that the Malfoys were gone because he had heard their footsteps past his mini fridge. Then he, like, came out looking relieved. So then a lot of bad-looking witches and wizards gathered around him. And they were like, should we help you? Oh, boy, what should we do for you? They were acting like, well, they were not act. They were acting, speaking like ghosts, and they were acting like they were pretending to be good, so that Harry would listen to them and do his bidding and put the imperious curse on them. And I'm telling a lot about the fourth book. Anyways, so Hagrid came. Yes, Hagrid. What a relief! And he said, "Like, oh, I leave the boy alone." And then everyone went back. They listened to Hagrid. And he was just a half-giant. I have to stop talking about the fourth book. Anyways, that's a lot about it there. So then, Harry was like, Hagrid, I'm relieved you're here. So then Hagrid was like, Harry, what are you doing in this place? Then Harry said... Actually, I was trying to get the Diagon Alley using flu powder, but I coughed too much that somehow said Nocturne Alley. That's the name of this place, right? Completely all right, said Hagrid. Then Harry asked, what are you doing here? Hagrid said, oh, we just needed some ingredients for potions class. I'm here to get some filthy fugs. Fangs, sorry. Filthy fangs. Those are some ingredients for the Polyjuice Potion. You'll understand that later. It comes in this book, not the fourth book, which I'm telling about all the time. So then, 
like he brings Harry back to Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley and Nocturne Alley are really close to each other. Harry was lucky that that happened, and so they went back to Diagon Alley. And Hermione was like, "Harry, I'm so relieved you're here." And then she like hugged Harry. Lots of her hugs are unusual. Like they never know which time they come. So then, oh,、uh, Hagrid, you're here too. I brought Harry from the、uh, Nocturne Alley. Hermione was like, "Nocturne Alley? Why was he there?" Harry said that long story. I'll tell you on the way. You know what the Weasleys are, right? Totally," said Hermione. They asked me to come get you. Well, try to find you. They're really worried. Come on. Then Harry and Hermione went to Flourish and Blot, which is where the, all the Weasleys were. Hermione, you're back. Oh, Harry, you're too. You are too. Where did you miss off to? Then Hermione told the whole story to Miss Weasley, who said everything I just said just now. I can't tell the whole story three times. Okay. So then Harry was like, "Who's that?" He was pointing at the person who was holding the magical me. Magical me is a really famous book. Even found in Muggle libraries. I know, right? The Minister of Magic doesn't allow many books to be in Muggle libraries. So it's just an old book with the fairy tales we know, like Jack and the Beanstalk and all. It looks like that to Muggles, and I read it, and it's exactly same like that. But they didn't want to take a risk because anyway, all magical books would be like that. But still, the minister didn't want to take a risk. Who is Cornelius Fudge? I couldn't keep him in. Then Hermione said, "That is the famous author of Magical Me, Gilderoy Lockhart." And Hermione was, of course, obsessed with him. But not as obsessed as Mrs. Weasley. She was gazing at him like she was in love with him. She actually kind of was, I would say. Until then, they got their books, and Ginny got her cauldron ready. She wasn't making a practice potion, of course, but she still got her cauldron ready. I don't know why. Anyways. Next, what happened was the Malfoys came in. They were pretty quick to come from Nocturne Alley to Flourish and Blot because that's at the complete end of Diagon Alley. Really hard to find and far away. Anyways, so they put like well, Lucius Malfoy put a book in Ginny's cauldron while she was looking away because the Malfoy was mocking. But I really think distracting the other Weasleys and Harry and Hermione. Well, now they got all their books and everything, and they were ready to go back to the burrow. Sorry, did I say burrow? I meant King Cross Station. So they used the flying card that Arthur had. You know the ones that Fred, George, and Ron stole from his, their father to save Harry from the Dursleys. And so they went to Hogwarts, not Hogwarts, King Cross Station, and Hermione was still with them.
So, everyone went in pairs, except their father, Arthur. Well, actually, he didn't, like, go into the portal. He just said bye to everyone. Like, Fred and George went in pairs, of course, because they're twins. Uh, Molly and Jenny, no, Hermione and Jenny went in pairs. Molly and Arthur went in pairs. Sorry. But, yeah, Arthur went with Molly in pairs. Percy went alone. Percy was still going, remember? Because, well, his years at Hogwarts are not finished yet until the first fourth book. So then Harry and Ron were going together. They pushed their cart. There was still time before the portal closed. It didn't actually look like a portal. It looked like a wall. <laughs> so then there was still time, but still, they couldn't get through. They only can't get through when the time ends, and there was still a few minutes till 12 o'clock, which is when the time ends and the train goes. Hermione and Ginny and everyone else there were starting to get worried, except Percy. He didn't really care much about her, you know. So then, but he did care of Ron, so yeah, even he was getting worried. So then, something happened. The train conductor or train police officer who was nearby said, Oi, boys, do you have eyes? The train is that way. And he pointed to where the train was. Um, all muggles, which is and the wizards come from the same entrance. So then Harry and Ron ran away from that entrance. And then the conductor, police, or whoever he was, said, hmm, must have gotten the wrong train station. And so then Harry and Ron, like, what did they do again? Right, they stole Arthur's car and... And they took the car, and they were ready to go to Hogwarts. So, while they were flying in the air, of course, because it was a flying car, why would they drive all the way to Hogwarts? That would be too long a route. They were trying to keep steady with the car, like follow the car. They didn't, of course, land on the car. That would make it too suspicious. They knew that everyone there would be so worried in the car. You know... Fred George, you know what I'm talking about. So then they followed the cart, but then, sorry, they followed the train. But then they went into a lot of fog, and Ron couldn't see the train anymore. When they passed the fog, they were in a really populated muggle city. Just in case you don't know, populated means a lot, a lot of people live there. So many muggles were there. And Ron put on the invisibility cloak, which is on the car. When they put it on, they like, well, muggles can see them. Ron didn't focus on where he was driving. He was focused on the invisibility cloak. So that when it ends, means the battery is gone, he could charge it. Because invisibility cloak ends really fast. Then, R Harry was like, Ron, watch out! And then, they crashed into a muggle building. And suddenly, the invisibility cloak ended. But they didn't have time to notice that. They're flying. 
Ron still thought that the invisibility cloak was on, so he finally focused on the steering. And they crashed into the Whomping Willow. The Whomping Willow is something that Hagrid planted to keep out intruders. It's like a giant tree which smashes anything that hits it. I know, kind of crazy, right? It just gets really mad when something hits it. And so then, the it like all branches were pulling apart the car. And of course, it could probably destroy Harry and Ron too. But they got out of it and quickly ran to Hogwarts, completely scratched. And what happened then? They went to Hogwarts. The feast had already started, and they stood at the entrance. Hermione saw them and came running right at them. She hugged Harry the first, and she didn't actually hug Ron at all. She just said, "I'm glad you're back. We were all so worried you had disappeared. And how did you even come to Hogwarts? You missed the train." She kept talking a lot. Then they back. Then they sat down. Harry and Ron told the whole story. Hermione was really mad, but not that mad that she wouldn't talk to them. Then, um, Seamus was doing the spell, which is actually pretty funny. It was. It went like this: Toa Rabbit Haircut Rum. Sorry, Toa Rabbit Haircut Plum turned this water into rum. He looked in the cup, but the water was still water. Then he said again: Toa Rabbit Haircut Plum turned this water into rum. No, just water. Toa Rabbit Haircut Plum turned this water into rum. Then Harry asked Ron what was. What Seamus was doing, and Ron said Seamus was trying to turn that water into rum. I have no idea what rum is. So then, while they were speaking, um, Seamus did it like about five more times, and he said one last time. Toa, Toa, rabbit. Sorry, Toa hair. Rabbit plum. He got the words really mixed up. It was like a tongue twister for him now. Turn this water into rum, and then it backfired, and his hair was spiky. Like what happened to Harry? You know, after Fred did the thing with the flu powder. Then his hair was so spiky, and smoke was coming out of it. Hermione was sitting right next to Seamus, and then she, with her hand, she like blew the smoke away from her. Okay, I've told a lot. I think I'll continue next podcast. Hope I'll get to finish it then. So, um, bye. Keep in tune and keep listening to my podcast. See you next time.